The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. The disciples approached Jesus and said, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a child over, placed it in their midst, and said, Amen, I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. The Gospel of the Lord. Where else can you go to Mass and have a helicopter fly by? <laughs> the saint whose memory we celebrate today, Saint Therese of the Child Jesus, is rightly popular and rightly remarkable, but often badly understood. In popular consciousness, there is a tendency to almost reduce Therese to a cute, nice little saint with a safe spirituality. And that's not really true at all. Nothing is more dangerous than spirituality that is authentic. Nothing is more fulfilling. Nothing is more life-giving. But precisely because of that, nothing is more dangerous because of its power to radically transform the heart and life. She is remarkable for what is called her little way, which is not to say that it's a trivial way, or necessarily a way that is so easy we don't have to think about it. Oftentimes, it is the simplest things that are the deepest the smallest things that are the most difficult to truly appreciate and master. And so this heart gravitated there. Therese is remarkable and rightly famous, as we noted, for a number of reasons. But all of those reasons stem from her sense of her vocation. And in her writing, she has a beautiful description of how she came to recognize her full vocation. And it's a kind of a surprising thing to hear because, well, she was already a Carmelite nun. So on the one hand, you say, well, didn't she discern her vocation? And yet the issue is that sense that a true vocation sits at a deeper place than merely, what am I doing? It sits at that place which says, from where does what I do spring? From where does what I do truly emerge? And she had a heart that desired to do great things for God. This is what the church has long referred to as holy desire. Not the desire to be great for myself, not the desire to do great things in the world, not the desire to have a sense of accomplishment, but the desire to do something great for another. It springs from love. If I really love you, 
I want to do good, even great things for you. And so her heart aspired to a certain greatness, a certain excellence, which in no small measure is why this particular gospel reading has been chosen, the question of who is the greatest in the kingdom of God. That doesn't necessarily have to mean who is the most famous, who is the most important, but on a spiritual level, where does greatness in the kingdom of God come from? Where is it found? What kind of person would be described as great in the kingdom? Who does great things for God? So this is a question that doesn't necessarily flow from mere pride. It also comes from a certain holy desire for excellence because love seeks to love rightly. Love is never content with just loving. Real love always wants to love more fully, more effectively, more correctly. It seeks to become more excellent in what it does. That's true in the spiritual life as well. A certain desire for excellence in our relationship with God is not a bad thing as long as that desire is precisely for excellence in our relationship with the Lord. And the disciples' question, like the question that haunted Therese, how does one find such excellence? Where does it come from? Therese is considered the patron of the foreign missions, although she was a cloistered Carmelite nun who never went very far from the village she grew up in in France. But her heart ranged abroad because there was this apostolic dimension to her prayer and her sense of the relationship with the Lord. She was preoccupied with this. She longed to join missionaries in their work elsewhere. She wanted to be, in no small measure, an apostle. And like many, Therese allowed her desire and her imagination to communicate with one another. If I was picturing what an excellent servant of the Lord would look like, who would it be? And here she is in her convent, captivated by the idea of the bold and holy apostle who takes the gospel out into the world. She hears the stories of the prophetic heart and voice and wonders, what about me? What about me? What is my place? And this puzzled and confused and troubled her. On the one hand, she had her place. On the one hand, she had her vocation. And yet on the other, something was missing. There was an element of depth, of greatness, of substance that she was conscious of not yet possessing, of not yet knowing. And if that sounds familiar to any of us, we should take comfort in that. Note how even the holiest have this same question, this preoccupation, this worry of, I want to get it right, but how do I get it right? And so she dedicated herself, she says, 
to reading the letters of St. Paul, hoping to gain some clarity from the great apostle to the nations. Paul, the great Christian missionary, the original great missionary after Christ. And so she read his writings, hoping to come to an understanding of how she could find her place when her heart had this missionary urge, this apostolic desire about it. And she said she found her answer in his first letter to the Corinthians. And the first part of the answer was in St. Paul's description of the body of Christ. And not just the idea that there are many parts and one body, but Paul's description of the parts having different functions. Some, but not all, are apostles. Some, but not all, are leaders. Some, but not all, are teachers. Some, but not all, do certain things. And for her, this was the reminder that the apostolic mission is not for everyone in the absolute sense. That while there might be a touch of it that involves all of us, the mission to be an apostle is something different, something particular. And that it does no good for the hand to try to be like the eye. It does no good for the ear to try and be like the nose. And this reminded her then that my role is different. And I have to let the Lord give me my role. I can't simply choose it for myself. But it still left her with the question of, but what is my role? I know I'm not an apostle. But then what am I? Who am I? And so she continued to read. She didn't stop reading there, which is the mistake all too many of us make. We get the first hint of an answer and we stop. But she wanted to allow the sacred scriptures to continue speaking to her. And she continued reading. And she was struck by St. Paul's command to the Corinthians. Set your hearts on the more excellent things, the highest things the very best thing. And on reading those words, she knew, okay, this is for me. What is the very best thing? Because that is what my heart is called to. That is what I desire, to found my life, my vocation, on the very greatest And St. Paul here doesn't talk about being an apostle. He doesn't talk about being a teacher. He doesn't talk about being a prayer warrior. He doesn't talk about any of those ways we use to describe ourselves. Paul simply talks about the ability to love and how without it, all of the other things are empty and go nowhere. And it is here that Therese says, of the many parts of the body of Christ, there must be a heart. And that heart must be burning 
on fire with love. And it is out of this love that apostles are sent. And it is out of this love that healing is brought to the world. And it is out of this love that the truth is taught so that others will be saved. And if love should cease to be found in the heart of the church, the martyrs would stop spilling their blood for Christ because it is out of love that they do so. And apostles would stop going forth to proclaim the gospel because love is the fountain that sends them. And on recognizing this and on sitting with this, she said, and now I know, my call is to be love in the heart of the church. Set yourself on the greatest of things. No one sees directly what is in the heart. The heart is hidden in the body. The heart is not obvious. One knows that there is love in the heart when one sees the effects of that love in the world. But one doesn't see the heart. So Therese understood that her vocation was truly to be hidden. Not to be simply cloistered in the walls of her Carmel, but to be cloistered within the very heart of the church. And there, to surrender herself to becoming love that would send others out into the world. What a remarkable idea that is. Her vocation is not simply to love in the heart of the church, but to be love in the heart of the church. What an absolutely demanding vocation that is. Not simply to have love, but to become love. Only someone, in a sense, with an absolutely childlike simplicity and trust could even consider that. Well, if love is what is important, it's not enough to have it, I'm going to be it. But this is the fountain from which all of the other greatnesses of Therese flow. This desire not simply to be loving, but to become love. To become the love that dwells in the heart of the church. You know, and if we're honest with ourselves as we look out at the world today, all too many of us are anxiety in the heart of the church. All too many of us are argumentativeness in the, in the heart of the church. All too many of us are exhaustion in the heart of the church. All too many of us are ambition in the heart of the church. All too many of us it has to, are, it has to be my way and only my way in the heart of the church. Very few of us are truly love in the heart of the church. And there are all too many who profess the name of Christian, who seek to go out and be apostles not out of love but out of pride, who seek to teach the truth not in a way that is loving but in a way that is domineering. And then there is Therese, 
I want to become that love that animates the true apostle. I want to become that love that animates the true teacher. I want to become that love which provides holy and healthy activity to the entire body. She saw that her vocation was to place herself quite literally at the very heart of things. That same love by which Christ became flesh to save us. Small wonder that her religious name is St. Therese of the child, Jesus. The one who in his greatness made himself small. The one who cloistered himself, hidden from the eyes of the world in the womb of Mary. That one, mightier than all, and yet tiny, and content to be small. And it was out of this that Therese understood the secret of what she called her little way. No longer was her imagination attracted by great works understood in the way the world does. You know, when we are in fire for our faith, everybody imagines great things that we can do for Jesus, and we think about miracles. We think about the example of Moses and the prophets and the apostles. To be the bold preacher who goes first, forth. And all of a sudden, this simple heart realized, no one has to see me. I don't have to do anything public. In fact, I'd rather not. I prefer to be hidden like the heart is hidden. And even picking up a pin out of love can convert a soul. And that is good enough for me. In fact, it is more than enough. And so she understood as well that the tiniest of things have an infinite value and goodness when greatness of love marks how they are done. For most of us, our lives are honestly equally hidden. The world doesn't know that we're here in any clearly recognizable way. We can't look to great public accomplishments that we have. And so there should be a desire to learn from one like Therese who says, focusing on that first as the measure of success, the measure of accomplishment is to use an empty standard. To some it is given to do publicly great things in the name of the Lord. But to all is given the possibility of doing something, however small, in love for the Lord. And the size of the work is not so important as the greatness of the love in which it is done. It's a simple thing but challenging, demanding in the way the greatest of things are. And she understood that. Children are also overlooked. 
Children, do not do great public things, but they can love greatly. They can trust greatly. And in that loving and in that trusting, greatness is found. And so Therese's heart becomes more and more childlike, but never merely childish. This is a mature simplicity, an adult simplicity, an adult, an adult embracing of humility, and an adult woman's ability to love. What a remarkable example she really is. And it is good, not simply that we remember her and reflect upon her, but that we do it at Mass. Because here on this altar, in just a few minutes, that same Lord of heaven and earth who is pleased to make himself small, in a very real way, does so again. Infinite greatness, almighty power, hidden in the appearance of a small piece of bread and a few ounces of wine. Note how tiny, note how unthinkably small that is. And yet when we come forward to receive him, we stretch out our hands to infinity itself. And in receiving him, receive infinity into our hearts, into our lives. We who are so very, very small. And infinity enthrones himself in our hearts, an infinity of love. Therese is on to something. Her little way is marked by his way. It mirrors his way. In fact, most of the earthly life of Jesus we refer to as his hidden life, do we not? And in his hidden life, where the world paid him no attention for those many years, Jesus' day gave more glory to Almighty God, his Father, by doing the simple things of ordinary life, lovingly and well, infinitely well, infinitely lovingly, than if he had worked any visible public miracle. He taught Therese this secret, the secret of his childhood, the secret of his hidden love. Jesus remained hidden for 30 years and taught publicly for three. And Therese understood that the church go out and teach all nations. There are those of us whose love must be hidden. In fact, whose vocation is precisely to be that very hidden love that animates the outward reaching movement of the body of Christ. The church must have apostles. Church must have teachers, and the church must always have love, living actively in its heart. Amen.